0: praise the Lord. Everybody, welcome to Sunday night service. Who is glad to be in the house of the Lord together tonight? Amen. Well, we're going to have a great time. We had a great service this morning, uh, kicking off the year with our theme verse for 2024. Uh, it's going to be an absolutely incredible year this year, and we're excited to see what all the Lord is going to do. Amen. Well, let's go ahead and stand up together tonight. We're going to open up. By speaking some words of faith over the United States of America, amen. We're going to believe that our nation is coming to Jesus, and we're going to keep speaking these words of faith, amen. Let's say this together. Father, we come to you in Jesus' name, and in unity, we confess that Jesus Christ is Lord over the United States of America. We declare that righteousness, mercy, justice, and judgment from you shall prevail, we declare that America will complete her God-given mission to bring the gospel of Jesus Christ to the world. We push back the darkness of Satan from this nation and call for the light of Jesus Christ to invade the media, and every home, church, and school, and every town, city, and state of this great nation, the United States of America. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, let's give the Lord some praise this evening, and you may be seated. We're going to get into our announcements here. Praise the Lord. Got a lot of good things going on. First of all, again, we want to remind you that the 2024 church calendars are available. If you didn't get one yet, we want to make sure you grab one. They're back there for free at the info booth. And, uh, it's got the theme verse for this year and some wonderful scenic pictures from around America. So, uh, you know, you want to make sure you grab one of those. And, uh, and if you, you know, need more than one, then we, we, we can work that out too. So we want to make sure that you grab one of those and you're blessed with that. That. We want to continue to remind you uh, that, um, you know, we're not doing any food or drink in the sanctuary. Uh, so only water. If you need to drink something, uh, you know, do it before service uh, back there in the coffee bar or something. But, uh, you know, we want to make sure that we are taking care of uh, the carpets this year because the holidays were a little bit hard on them. Amen. All right. Well, let's go ahead and um, we're going to talk about membership class. Membership class is coming up uh, one week from tonight. We've got 29 people already signed up for membership class. That's really good. And, uh, and we, we're going to get another sheet on there. There's only one slot left to fill out. But um, if you uh, aren't a member and you have decided, hey, this is going to be my home church, we're putting down roots here, we want you to go through membership class. It's a one-night uh, thing, and it will be, again, Sunday night, one week from now, 4 to 7 p.m., and it's going to be absolutely great. So we would love for you to join us for membership class. And then um, we also have Financial Peace University, FP. You starting two weeks from tonight, and if you're not familiar with that, that's uh, by Dave Ramsey, and he is just a renowned financial expert. But he teaches us how to handle our finances biblically, God's way, and we've done this course. You know, for several years, um, around here and I've just seen so many great testimonies and turnarounds, uh, in our, in our church members' lives. So, uh, that again will be starting two weeks from tonight. You can register online at hdwc.org slash FPU. And so go ahead and take a look at that. And then, uh, the women's meeting is this Friday night at 6.30, and so my mom just gave me a nice uh, handout here, but uh, it says, the food theme, bring your favorite low-calorie food. I'm not going. No, I'm kidding. All right. uh, after all the holiday goodies or drinks or low calorie dessert. Okay, so anyway, 6.30 this Friday, you're continuing your study of the Book of Ruth. You all have been going through that for several months now, and I think that would be absolutely great uh, for you ladies to be there that night and take advantage of that. Amen. Well, that is, I believe, all the announcements for right now. We're still uh recovering from December. It was such a jam-packed month around here, but it was absolutely absolutely wonderful and uh so you know we don't have quite as much stuff on the calendar this month but we're just excited for everything the lord's doing amen all right well who knows what time it is now Amen. God loves a cheerful giver and so we get happy when we have a chance to be givers into the kingdom of God. If you need an envelope for your tithe or your offering, raise your hand and the ushers will get one for you. We're going to open our Bibles to Luke chapter 6 tonight. Amen. Luke chapter 6 and we're going to look here at verse 38. Luke chapter 6 verse 38 in the New King James version. Amen. Luke chapter 6. And verse thirty-eight. And also, while we're doing that, if you are with us tonight for the first time, or maybe the first time in a long time, our welcome team has a welcome gift they would like to give you—a nice Dutch Brothers coffee gift card. You can slip your hand up real quick. Our welcome team, Desiree, would love to uh, give you uh, a welcome gift for being with us. So, thank you very much. Amen. All right, Luke chapter six. And we're going to look here at verse 38 in the New King James. And a lot of you are familiar with this verse, but this is so good for us. It says, give and it shall be given to you. Good measure pressed down, shaken together and running over will be put into your bosom for with the same measure that you use it will be measured back to you. And so we know this that our motive for giving is not just so we can get things back, but it is a bible fact that as we give the Lord says it will be given back unto us. And so that is word that we can stand on in the area of our giving and we're just going to watch the Lord multiply that this year. Amen. All right, well, let's go ahead and stand up together tonight. We're going to speak some words of faith over our tithes and our offerings, and then uh, we're going to get into some worship together and get into the Word tonight. Amen. It's going to be great. Let's go ahead and speak these words of faith together. As we bring the Lord's tithe and give offerings today, we believe we receive jobs or better jobs, promotions, raises and bonuses, benefits, sales and commissions, growth in business, settlements, estates and inheritances, interest and income, rebates and returns, checks in the mail, gifts and surprises, binding money, bills paid off, debts paid off, royalties received, blessings and increase. Thank, Thank you, Lord, for meeting all of my financial needs so I have more than enough to take good care of my family, to give generously to the kingdom of God and promote the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. All right, let's go.
1: Because you are good, you are good.
2: blood and righteousness I I dare not trust the sweetest frame but holy trust in Jesus name let's sing Christ alone Christ alone cornerstone we made strong in the Savior's love. Through the storm, He is Lord. Darkness seems to hide his face I rest on his unchanging grace In every high and stormy veil My anchor holds within the veil sing that out, my anchor my anchor holds within the veil. Christ alone, a corner stone, a weak, made strong in the Savior's love. Through the Right just alone I fall is stand before the throne. Let's just raise our voice and sing Christ and Christ alone and corner stone A weak made strong in the Save Your Through the storm, He is Lord, the Lord of all. Christ alone, the cornerstone, the weak made strong, and the savior's love. Savior's love Through the storm He is Lord Lord
3: of all Hallelujah, thank you Jesus. Thank you Lord, we're so grateful <clears throat> We're so grateful for eternal life We're so grateful to know That eternity is more real than the Temporary world we see now It's so good to know, it's so good to know by being born again, our names are written in the Lamb's Book of Life and someday we'll be with you but Lord, we're still down here but when you prayed, you said thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven so we know that you want us to enjoy a good life down here you do want us to influence people around us let them know how good you are how good heaven is and thank you tonight We're going to be strengthened by the Word of God and by the Holy Spirit. Our eyes are going to be open to see what you want us to see about our lives, how to be better Christians, and how to be able to please you every day with everything we do in influencing people with the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. Thank you, Father, for a wonderful night and change lives in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen, 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 amen. Hallelujah, glory to God. Somebody say Jesus is good. 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 Jesus is the only way. way. There's a lot of ways, ways. but he's the only way to the Father. Father. Amen. Now somebody say that like they mean it. (laughs) Amen. Hallelujah. Give the Lord a hand again. Just get stirred up about this. Uh, tonight the title is are you a winner or a whiner okay. are you a winner or a whiner I guess another thing can be, we can say are you a wiener or a whiner <laughs> amen amen God, God, God sees you as having already overcome everything enemy throws your way but you've got to see what he sees the only way you're going to get that is out of the bible and not just by occasionally looking at it, but making that your habit, that you read the Bible and you see things that God says about believers that you need to start saying, he's talking about me because I'm a believer. That stock's talking about me. Anyway, that's that's the road we're going down. But I want to show you some things out of the bookstore. And this here is not the bookstore. It's on the information booth. That, that's December. We haven't got the January on the overhead yet. But the devotional. I've written these devotions over the last few years. Now we've got them. Every month they come out. And what I'm teaching tonight is along the lines of this first week of the devotion so far So far about seeing who you are and talking about it. Do you think the devil talks loud enough to tell you what a loser you are that you ought to be able to out talk him with the word of God? Say, no, nah, devil, I'm not a loser. I'm not defeated. I don't have to be addicted to everything around me. Jesus says I'm free, and if the Son sets me free, I'm free indeed. You need to start seeing that and saying that. Those are free back there. And also, they're, on, they're online too, hdwc.org. And they're under the thing called blog. But anyway, that's, that's online. But I want to show you a couple other books. And these books have actually been out a long time. And I've, I've uh, fed on these off and on over the years. They helped me to be uh, what I am in Christ, knowing what belongs to us. These little books, I was thinking about them. A dollar and a half back there. Man, that's less than a taco. And this was called in him. You need to know who you are, what you can have, and what you can do because you're in him, in Christ, and Christ is in you. And I'm thinking about that. A lot of people don't read a lot of books anymore, I don't think. But I was thinking, man, they eat a lot of tacos. For a dollar and a half, you can buy those little books there and carry them in your purse, carry them in your shirt pocket, and if you happen to go to the doctor's office or something of sitting there, instead of sitting there just going through goofy phone stuff, pull that out and read it. Start getting those things in you. And, uh, I've, I've always read books with my Bible open. Because when people, uh, teach, teach scriptures out of these books, I want to look at my Bible, make sure that's what it says, didn't get twisted around. Especially some of these modern translations, they kind of water things down sometimes. Uh, not, not Pastor Day's BLT. <laughs> I know it <laughs> I teach I, I do the BLT, but <laughs> but anyway, you need to learn these verses for yourself. and when we look at the word of God tonight, I think you' going to see why that is so important and I, I'm thinking about my life, I'll be 43 on January 29th. Yeah. Somebody said, well, you don't hardly look 43. Well, I'm not talking about the outward. Now the, the body that carries me around is 73 I'll be 73 this year. But the one on the inside's forty-three, because Second Corinthians five seventeen says, "When you come born again, you're a new creature." Says you're brand new, on the inside, and so the body may be old, but the guy on the inside is young, forty-three years old. Amen. I'm just getting started, and so you need to start seeing yourself when your life began, because when you became born again, you were made brand new. God gave you a clean slate. Whatever, whatever the things were you did that were no good for you were saved, God didn't just forgive those sins. The Bible says he remitted those sins. When a person gets born again, their sins are remitted. That means God wipes them out. And just like a baby just got born again, you got a new birth certificate. Amen. Amen. That's how you start. And then after you're born again, if you do wrong, you need forgiveness then. But you're remitted when you start off with. And so you, there's no need to bring up your past about what a loser you were. The ugly things you did. And you know, sometimes because some things were so bad, they'll follow you around the rest of your natural life. But on the inside, you're brand new. You'd have to be held in bondage to those things you did. Half by sup, there's some things that put you in prison or something. You may have to do your time. But the guy on the inside's brand new. And God knows he's new. And you need to know you're new too. Because I, Well, matter of fact, we, had, we, got, we, we got, got a good friend. I've had him here before. His name's Randy Greer. He was a habitual offender. He got life without parole down in Georgia. He got born again. I got under Brother Hagin, the one that's influenced us a lot, these books that I just showed, things like that. He got that into him and began to run the church in the prison and Bible study and things like that. And one day, the governor found out about this man in the prison, what a job he was doing. It was so obvious. It wasn't the same guy that did the things he did. He got a full pardon. Got a full pardon, got out, and he always liked to brag about the fact he had, he got the right to vote again, and he could carry a firearm if he wanted to. I mean, he really he really got pardoned like that. But the whole thing was, the guy that was in prison in the physical body was not the same one living on the inside. He was born again, and when you become truly born again. And you get a hold of the Word of God and what the Bible says about things. People may see somebody else, but on the inside, you know who you really are. And you begin to live and conduct yourself that way, and people will know this is not the same guy. This is not the same lady. This this, this is not that same one. And, you know, then you, then you let people know, well, that's that's who, that, that's who I am. But on the inside, I'm brand new. I've been born again. And to look at some young dude like me and say, man, he looks a little bit older than 43. <laughs> But I'm forty-three. And that that's what God sees. That's when my life started. So I'm gonna live out to the fullest the best I can do. But I've been living for him now forty-three years, and it's a total different life. Amen. Now, I'm gonna be able to share with you how that'll work for you, but I want you to look at Philemon. That's a one one book but one chapter right before the book of Hebrews. And I'm gonna look at verse six. I'll give you a chance to get there if you are turning in your Bible. But uh, As I said, this this is what our devotional starts off with for these first seven days so far, the devotional built around this verse right here. And I I praise God for the the Word of God that's been taught by people that uh, taught me over the years. I I, I got into the Word, the Word got into me. And so now what I've been taught, I can teach because the same Holy Spirit that inspired the Bible is the same Holy Spirit that inspired a lot of these great men and women of faith that you follow today. And you've got the same Holy Spirit, so God can show you things like He showed them, or like He shows us, and them that come real to you, you own them, they're part of you, and nobody can steal them from you. And so Philemon six says this: that the communication of thy faith, if your faith may become effectual or effective, how many want their faith to be effective? Yes. How many want when you speak the mountain, you want to see the mountain go. Yes, when you lay hands on sick, you want to see recovery. When you bring your tithe to God's storehouse, you want to see the divine rebuked. You want your faith to work. And so it says that the communication of thy faith may become effectual. Now look at this right here. Here's where we're going to be teaching from tonight that actually is in the devotion. By the acknowledging of every good thing which is in you in Christ Jesus. And that's what these books are about. Knowing what belongs to you. Knowing who you are in him, who he is in you. Acknowledging every good thing that is in you, in Christ Jesus. And so as a born-again child of God, now, we don't have an outline up there, but some of these things you might want to write down, come back and watch them on the Internet anyway. As a born-again child of God, you will either win or lose the battles of life depending upon how you see and what you say about yourself as a new creature in Christ. As a new creature in Christ. What you see and what you say about yourself. Isn't that what he said? Acknowledging every good thing that's in you in Christ? Didn't he say that? He said, if you want your faith to be effective, you start talking about every good thing that's in you in Christ. I, uh, I've always had a healing ministry. I've prayed for a lot of blind people and lots of cancers and deaf ears and cripples and all kinds of stuff. My whole Christian life, I just, man, I saw how real this was. And so I started doing it. And I've never seen myself as... Me, by myself, laying hands on a sick person. I've always seen Christ in me, working through me. And so that's what I've told people so many times in this church. I've had people with impossible things come up here. And I've said, now, when I lay my hand on you, there's another hand on you first, and the Spirit is Jesus. Because he told me, lay hands on the sick in his name, and he would heal them. And so I've always seen Jesus in me doing the healing. Always, always, always. How many years have ever seen miracles or healings since they've been here? amen 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 and you know just uh just a long story short since i've been here i was diagnosed with blood cancer had 70 percent cancer in my blood got healed i had a heart attack with 99 percent of my right coronary artery blocked i got healed i had a stroke in the early part of this year and the doctor said it was a killer stroke then i walked into the hospital got checked they saw what it had done they said how are you talking to us how are you being here and i said well i'm here just you know, thought maybe I ought to come and get checked up because something happened. They said, yeah, something happened all right. Said a 2.0 was dead and you had a 1.5. Said you shouldn't be here. And so I temporarily, when that thing hit me, I temporarily couldn't talk. I said words, and wasn't speaking in tongues, some kind of really weird stuff. And my wife was with me. She saw what was happening. She laid hands on me, took authority over it in the name of Jesus, and I straightened up. And so a couple of days later, I thought, well, maybe I ought to be checked out. And so what I'm saying is, when you begin to see Jesus in you and what he does, and you begin to take him at his word, that when he's the one that said, lay hands on the sick in his name and he'll heal them, then that takes the fear away from praying for somebody. That takes the fear away from telling somebody, I believe in the name of Jesus, you're going to start getting better and better and better because Jesus said you would, because I'm a believer, you're the sick. And I got hands, and he said, Lay hands on you in his name, and he'd do the healing. And see, that 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 takes the responsibility off of you for the action. You do your part, and Jesus does his, his part, and the people receive from the Lord. But we've got to start seeing for your faith to be effective. You've got to say what's in you in Christ Jesus. Amen. Something I'd never say, I would never say, and never have said it in 43 years. Well. I'd be afraid to do that about anything in life. I'm not afraid to do anything because I can do all things through Christ which strengthens me because greater is his in me than is in the world. Jesus said if I ask anything in his name, he'll do it. And so I've never been afraid about anything. There's a lot of things that get this earth suit I've been shaking in its boots, get kind of nervous on the outside sometimes, but on the inside I said, no, in the name of Jesus, the greater one's in me, I can do this. Whatever I need to do, I can do all things through Christ what strengthens me. That's what he's talking about. He said right there that if you want your faith to be effective and be strong faith, you've got to start knowing what's in you. And then you've got to start talking about what's in you. You can't be afraid to say, I can do all things through Christ what strengthens me. You can't be afraid when you're out there in the world where people that don't believe like we are out there, you can't be afraid to say, can I pray for you? amen and then the devil the first thing thought always comes what if nothing happens well what if something does happen I remember the time down at the Atlanta airport I got to get back to the notes I remember the time down at the Atlanta airport had an old guy in a wheelchair they were pushing through there and uh, I chased him down and I got to him and I, I wanted to talk to him and his granddaughter was there and she said he's deaf he can't hear you and so I just did what I saw. Uh, I, I was a young Christian. I did what I saw the preachers do. I laid my hands on his ears. I said, come out of you, deaf spirit. In Jesus' name, be healed. And the guy whoop, popped open. Man, his ears popped open. And then I said, I want to pray for you if you'll let me. I said I, I, I said, I see you got a problem there. And he said, yeah, my kneecap's been surgically removed. He said, I don't have a kneecap. My leg won't bend. So I just did what I've been told in the Bible to do about Jesus I laid my hands on the guy, and all of a sudden, man, his legs started bending and moving and jumping like that. And that old guy said, "Amen, oh man, amen, oh man, oh man, oh man, that man, amen, oh man, oh man, oh man," like that. And I had a friend with me. We'd been we'd been at a convention. Had a friend with me, and I thought it was just us four or five people standing there. He said, "He said, Bernie, by the time you got done, there was at least a hundred people there watching that." And, and so things like that, see, I've always took God in his word. I wasn't a big-time preacher. I was a believer. As I was as, as at a church meeting with lots of preachers and things, and the whole thing was I heard for a whole week from the Bible, you can do what we do because it's Jesus in us. And you lay hands on him, we'll do the healing. I remember another time I, I went to a guy's house, the lady was doing my taxes, told me she had an old friend that had a stroke. And this was a long time ago. I thought 60 or 70 was old, but I found out that's really not old. But it's you know it might be on the road getting there, but it's not there. And so this this old guy uh, had had a stroke, and I think it was the right hand side of his body was all swelled up and been that way for a long time. And uh, you know I started. Of course he was a born again Christian, so I started talking to him from Mark 16. I said Jesus said lay hands on sick, they shall recover. And I said you're the sick, and I'm a believer. And so anyway, I went to pray for the guy, and. He had his feet come up on a Lazy Boy-type chair there. I went to pray for him, and the shoe on his right foot fell off when I prayed because the swelling went down, and the symptoms of the stroke had left him. And I said, wow, that was something like that. And I said, Is there anything you, you, you want, can I do anything else? He said, I got a pair of shoes over there on the shelf there I've had for how many years. He said, I can't wear them because the one would never fit me. Went and got the shoe and put it on him and it was loose. Amen. So what am I saying? I'm saying this is real. It's not fairy tales. It's the Word of God. And so as, as as we look at the Word of God tonight, you start seeing you in these verses here. And you'll see that he's talking about you because you're a believer. And, you know, Christ is the Christ, but we're Christians and we're little Christ-like ones. And so we're supposed to imitate Jesus because he said we are. Amen. And so anyway, that's just a few of the things that I've experienced over the years But uh, as a born-again child of God, you need to start saying about yourself what the Bible says. Now, I want you to look at Numbers chapter 13. Numbers chapter 13. And I will say this, that if you're ever going to have the power of God working in your life like he wants it to, if you're ever going to get the results that the New Testament tells you you can get, you are going to have to get control of your mouth and start speaking God's word out of your mouth that he puts in your heart as you get your mind removed. Numbers chapter 13 uh, you know maybe some people aren't familiar with this but the children of Israel they were, they were slaves in Egypt for 400 years and finally God was bringing them out of Egypt to bring them into Canaan land which he called the promised land and just a little type of what this is like we at one point in time We're slaves to Satan and sin. That's like being slaves in Egypt. Satan controlled our lives. He told us what we could do, what we couldn't do. He had fear on us, disease on us, depression on us, addictions on us. And we come into Christ, then we're coming out of Egypt, coming into the promised land. But we got to go into the promised land. And the promised land would, 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 would be a type of the New Testament promises. We have a lot of promises in the epistles that are for us. We have a lot of things in New Testament for us, but to come in, we're like those coming out of Egypt, we gotta use faith to overcome the giants. There's giants all around us, giants in the church, religious people, tell us why you can't do that for today. There's people we work with, tell us why we're nuts, because we believe what we believe. There's everything out there pretty much is against Christianity, Try to stop us and slow us down. And those are giants. If you're ever going to enjoy the promises of God that we're preaching tonight, that you see in the Bible yourself, and I know a lot of you uh, follow good devotional programs and things like that, the things you see—if you're ever going to get them—you're got to, to be an overcomer of the giants. And you don't do that by fear; you do that by faith. You can either win or you can whine. Amen. Talk about how unfair life is. How yeah, everything's unfair because devil—the devil's still the god of this world. He's defeated. But we got to enforce his defeat. So Numbers chapter 13. I want you to look at verse 30. And and up to up to this point in time, this chapter, they'd already went and checked out Canaan land. The twelve spies, the twelve heads of the tribes of Israel, went and checked it out, and they came back and familiar with the story. They had grapes there that were so big it took two guys with big sticks holding the grapes because it's like carrying watermelons, but they were grapes. Huge grapes. And that's the promises of God. And so verse 30. The people cried about how they couldn't do it because the giants and Caleb stilled the people before Moses said, let us go up at once and possess it for we are well able to overcome it. That's a winner talking right there. If God tells me in the Bible, I can lay hands on the sick, I can lay hands on the sick. If God tells me in the Bible, I can love with the love of God in spite of what things are coming against me, I can love my worst enemies because God says I can with his love. Amen. Well, able to do that, and so, but the men that went up with him said, "Now look at this, we be not able to go up against the people, for they are stronger than me than we said so we're not able, and so so many Christians, because of wrong teaching or no teaching, or because of all the pressure around them, they said, Well, yeah, you can do that because you're you're some kind of a different person, yeah." I'm a new creature in Christ just like you. I come from an alcoholic family, a mafia family, a really, really, really mean family, had a lot of bad guys in my family. But when I become born again, I walked away from that family. I still knew my family, hung up my family in the natural, but now I was a part of God's family. And so I chose to identify with the ones that said, I can do all things through Christ, which strengthens me. I identified with greater hits in me than hits in the world. And I said, we're well able to do anything God wants us to do. Amen. And so he says, says, we be not able to go up against people that are stronger than us. And they brought up an evil report of the land which they had searched into the children of Israel, saying, the land through which we have gone to search it is a land that eateth up, eateth up the inhabitants thereof. How many kind of feel that way about our society today? Man, we're living in a land that eats up Christians. That don't know what they've got. When you're a Christian it knows what you have. You can do anything, go anywhere, do what God wants you to do. And so they went to check out the land at the start of the chapter. God told them at the start, He said, Go search the land which I've already given you. He's given us a lot of promises in the New Testament, already given to us, but we've got to search the scriptures, search out our land find out what us, says, the men talking about it. He says, so he said the land eateth up the inhabitants thereof and all the people that, now look at, the, I circled this because this is a big key to your Christian faith if it's going to work or not work. That we saw, eats up the inhabitants, the people that we saw in it are men of great stature that we saw. Verse 33, and there we saw, and I circled that again, they were going by their senses not by the word of God. They were going by their senses, not by the Word of God. It says, there we saw the giants, the sons of Anak, which came of the giants, and we were in our own sight, in our own sight as grasshoppers, and so we were in their sights. And so this is an excellent picture of two types of believers. In the Old Testament, we'll see it in the New Testament too, we can either see and hear how possible it is to win in life and talk and focus on that, or we can see it here in the Word of God, the Bible. How the giants, no matter how big they are, talk about the situations of life or how impossible they look, we can see from the Word of God they have to yield to the name of Jesus. They have to yield to the Word of God. That we put in our heart, speak out of our mouth. I'm thinking about, well, Pastor Dave, you know the little. Short guy over here. Three and a half years old, crippled, had leukemia. And when the doctors told us what the odds were of him living, I I forget what it was if eighty percent die or something, twenty percent live. And you know what I said? Well he's one of the twenty then. I'm not gonna identify at the eighty. I'm gonna identify at the twenty. Hey, Amen. Did you ever think about that, how negative the world is, where they tell you the odds of you getting through something? They say, well, you know what, 99% of them don't make it. You know what I say, I'm, I'm the 1%. Amen. Yeah. Hey, why, why can't you identify with the winning side? Yeah. Anyway, you know the story, long story short, a couple weeks in the hospital there, totally healed, healthy blood, come walking, skipping, praising, jumping, uh, giving glory to God out of that hospital like that. And then back in 2017, 2018, when I was diagnosed and the lady told me that basically I was brain dead. Said there's no blood going to your brain, you're 70% cancer, and your, blade, your blood's so thick it's not getting to your head. Well, my heart and my head are two different things. I'm talking about my spiritual man, my spiritual heart. So I held, on, I held on to the Word of God, the things that I've taught all my Christian life, the things that I've lived, the things that I've preached, and said my blood would never be all the way normal like that, immune system gone and things like that. Well, my last several trips, your immune system's back. It's whole. It's healthy. Why is that? The Word of God. The Word of God says, they, have sick, they shall recover unless it's cancer. No, cancer is just a giant. Amen. Amen. And then during that same time, when I had that heart attack, the doctor always said to me, he, said, You're, he he's an Indian guy, so this is how he talks. You walk a dead man. You walk a dead man. I said, Okay. You don't understand. I do this every day. You walking dead man. He said you 99% blockage, 99%. I said okay, hands not been laid on me, but you know what else? What can I say? I'm looking at Jesus. Anyway, out of there they healed. But two weeks later, two weeks later, we were back for the follow-up exam and looking at things after you put a stent in, talking about things. Katie was right there with me. Uh, Katie, did he say I was walking dead man? Several times, and he got mad because I wasn't shook up. <laughs> But I said, you know, we, we fly a lot. So I said, can I, I said well, can, can, I, can I go out of airplanes? I didn't know if that affected, you know, have that stem and anything. He said, you can go climbing mountains. You can go swimming. Anything you want to do. I said, you mean I can swim now? He said, yeah. I said, well, good. I'm going to try it. never could before. <laughs> no, no, I, I'm telling you that we need, and we see the word, Word of God. That's this is not a healing message, but that's what's coming out right now. We, we need to identify with the winning side, not the losing side. And think about those percentages. Isn't that true? If 99% is one way, there's still 1% to something. Identify with the one. Amen. These guys, and these guys here, on these guys here, these guys, I want you to notice something too, what God said right here. Verse 32. When they said that the giants were greater than God, it says they brought up an evil report. God calls that an evil report when you say there's things in life that his word won't handle. When you say that whatever you're faced in life is bigger than God, then God says you're giving an evil report. I refuse to give an evil report. But I want to say this so people get a hold of this, how this works. Faith doesn't deny things faith changes things see those those the other guys Joshua and Caleb they said yeah we see the giants too but God's bigger than the giants think about David and Goliath matter of fact Goliath come, he was one of the Anakins you know, the children of Adak he was talking about here Goliath come from that tribe that when David went out there all, all these big warriors Israel's army went out there and the giants scared him and they ran well, David didn't run from the giant. He ran to the giant because David didn't see what Israel saw. Israel said, we're grasshoppers in his sight. And they said, he'll take us out. And so they ran. And so the David went out there and he said, he said, you're coming with me with swords and with spears. I'm coming to you in the name of the Lord God of Israel. And said, he's going to show himself strong. He is the Lord over Israel. And so they saw, Israel saw a great big giant, a little bitty God. David saw a great big God a little bitty giant. And so when you look at the giants you're facing in life, are you seeing a giant that's bigger than God? Are you seeing God that's bigger than the giant? It's all going to determine about, about upon how much time you spend digging out things in the Bible that tells what you can do and who you are. And then, for it to be effective, says acknowledging of every good thing. And you know, you think about that word acknowledging, it's A C K N O W, L E D G E. It's knowledge, knowing knowledge. You acknowledge, that means you talk about the knowledge you have. So when you have Bible knowledge, that greater sense in you, start saying it. When you have Bible knowledge, I speak to the mountains in Jesus' name, and they have to obey me, start saying it. And what are you doing? you are you doing is saying what the Bible says about you. He says acknowledge the very good thing that's in you. We've got to get this into the hearts of the believers, into the minds of the believers. You've got to start saying what the Bible says and start saying the word of God is greater than the giants. Amen. And so I want to look at one more thing here before we move on. Look at chapter 14, just flip over a page, and look at verse 28 to 30. Keeping in mind that those other 10 leaders said that, yeah, we see the lad; it's a good lad, but the giants are too big. And we're grasshoppers in their sight. How do they know what they were in their sight? Did those guys say, you guys are grasshoppers? No, nah. you know the devil lies to you and tells you things like that in your own life? That, well, nobody can do that. Well, you know what I say? I'm not nobody. I'm a Mark 11, 23. I'm a whosoever. Whosoever shall say to this mountain be removed, I'm whosoever. I'm not just anybody. I'm not a nobody. I'm a whosoever in Christ. Amen. And so, look at uh, verse twenty-eight. Uh, he told Joshua and Caleb to these people that were the whiners. He said, Said to them, as truly as I live, saith the Lord, as you have spoken in my ears, so I do to you." That's totally alive. The, the New Testament—you'll have what you say. God said, "As truly as you have spoken in my ears." They said, "We're grasshoppers. We can't do it. Those guys are big. They're mean. They're tough." The land eats up the people. He said, we can't do it. But God said, okay, you can't. That's why they ended up walking the wilderness. And so anyway, then he says this, as true as the lips so you spoken ears, you'll have. Your carcasses shall fall in this wilderness on all that were numbered of you, according to your whole number, from 20 years old and upward, which have murmured against me. Which have murmured against me. When you're murmuring against the word of God, When you're mocking people that are living by the word of God, speaking the word of God, God says a couple things. Number one, he says, you're giving an evil report. And number two, he said, you're murmuring against me. And so then in verse uh, verse, uh, 30, he said, Doubtless, you shall not come into the land concerning which I swear to make you dwell therein, except Caleb, the son of Jephunneh, and Joshua, the son of Nun. And so two out of the 12 leaders got to go in. The rest of them had to do their time in the wilderness till they died out. And then the rest of them got to go into the promised land. And so because they value the word of God above what their senses and jar of the people said, they got to go into the promises. Same thing today. That's why, that's why two believers could face the same circumstance and one win and one lose. Because one of them says we can do what the Bible says, that God's for us. The other says, oh, we can never do that That won't work for me. Well, my family born on the wrong side of the tracks. Things that ever went good for my family. Nobody likes us. Everybody's against my family. Well, I know this, that when I got born again and started believing things I did, everybody wasn't just against my family. My family was against me then because they thought I was nuts. When my dad was 69 years old, he was in the Veterans Hospital up in Indianapolis dying of a disease that they said they only had three people on medical science that had it in the hospital two months. I went there and laid hands on my dad. I led him to Jesus. He got born again at Veterans Hospital, 69 years old. And then he got healed, got out, and lived a good life to he was about 84. And then they said, out of those three cases, only one of them ever got healed. They didn't know why. I had a brother, two brothers, two, two younger brothers, they were in a knife a knife shotgun fight. Like I said, my family wasn't they wouldn't they wasn't saints. In a knife shotgun fight, and we got we got a call, what was it a day later? Probably a day later. We lived in another county. He was in the hospital, his guts were all cut up real bad. And so we got in the car, and drove down to the other county, walked into the hospital to see with the desk, and they say he's in that room over there. The doctor just thought he was gonna die, said so what gonna do. They just lay there dying. As we went in and laid hands on him, about one or two days later, he walked out of the hospital healed, all cut up on the inside, still alive today. Amen. And so the whole thing was, what I'm saying is this, I have always taken the word of God at God's value. If God said the word says this and you can do it, I did it. Um, There's so many stories I can tell you like that. But the thing was, I did, never allowed myself to be ruled by fear. I, and you know, I, I never really considered, thought about the word faith. I thought, well, the Bible just says do it. You know, just do it. And I know sometimes people said, wow, you must have great faith. And I said, I don't know. I just do what the Bible says. You know, the Bible says do it. And you don't think about it. But the thing is, I've acknowledged every good thing in me for the word of God in Christ for years and years and years and years. And so to me, it's just as easy to do what the Bible says and to say two plus two is four. I have to try to figure it out. It is. Uh, four times four is 16. And so do I have to figure out, does the math table work? No, it works. If you know it, you work it. Does the Word of God work? You don't figure it out. The Word of God works if you work it. Amen. Is this helping anybody? Yes. Amen. This, this is real. And so God told these people, that you guys are going to die out here in the desert. They started for the Promised Land. They came out of Egypt, and they got out of Egypt, you know the Red Sea was parted, and they're supposed to go right into Canaan, but they had to make a forty-year detour there in the desert, till they died off. But two guys got to go in, Joshua and Caleb, got to go in because they believed God and said what God said about them and about life. And so I, w- I want you to look. I want you to look at First Corinthians chapter ten, verse five. And so you and I today, we could either believe God, what God says, and we we need to believe what God says and see that we can have what he says we can have, We who he says we are, and we do what he says we can do. Get a hold of that gift I just said. You can either believe the impossibilities of life or you can believe you are who God says you are. You can do what he says you can do. You can have what he says you can have. And so 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 5, and this this is giving reflection to the people I just talked about out there in the desert. He said, but with many of them, God was not well pleased, for they were overthrown in the wilderness. He wasn't pleased with them. It did not please him that they took a pole, and out of the pole, like Pastor Dave said, sometimes we don't make things out of numbers like that. But think about this. If you got two pastors, Joshua and Caleb, and you got eight other pastors, they were the leaders of the tribes. Well, the eight said, we can't do it, possible, too big. I don't care who said it, it's impossible. That's what they were saying. Well, eight of them didn't get to go in. Two of them did. And so for me, if there's eight eight fellow believers that tell me, well, you're nuts. The doctor said you got 70% cancer and there's no future for you. And people thought I was nuts. Other preachers did, thought I was nuts. I wasn't trying to tell anybody else how to live their life. But it comes down to my life, same thing when David had leukemia. When Pastor Dave had leukemia, I told other people, tried to interfere in our business, well-meaning Christians, to prepare for my son's death. I said, well, I'm not going to tell you guys how to live. Don't tell me. I believe the Bible. I'm going to stick with the Bible. And so that's the way I've always been. I've never, ever, ever tried to force what I believe on somebody else and didn't want it. I've always taken care of my family, taken care of my church and life and what the Bible says, and we've always got good results. And so what I'm telling you is this. You could either get overthrown in the wilderness or you could be two out of the ten that get to go in. Amen. Do better preaching than you are shouting. I want you to look at verse 10 and verse 11, and then we're going to move on. He says, Neither murmur ye... Now, that's what we're talking about. Are you a winner or a whiner? Neither murmur ye, as some of them also murmured, and were destroyed of the destroyer. Now, look at this verse 11. Now, all of these things happened unto them for examples, and they are written for our admonition, admonition upon whom the ends of the world are come. We're the end times. Pastor Dave's preaching it. said all these things we see in the Old Testament examples, said those are written so we'll know what not to do. They are written so we'll know what to do. And I'm, I'm thinking about, you know, something I heard about the Old Testament, New Testament before. It makes so much sense to me. The Old Testament is in the New Testament contained. And the New Testament is in the Old Testament explained. And so a lot of things that we see that are in the New Testament, they're Old Testament things, but they're not written like the Old Testament. But then at the same time, a lot of examples that we use aren't really explained in the new testament but you go back to the old testament like this here he said these things right here of the children of israel coming out of egypt and murmuring complaining so that was an example for you don't do that you know i just think about life and the deceptions i've seen hit the body of christ don't you ever get caught up in class warfare about how unfair it is what somebody else has got. Amen. Or any other kind of division. Jesus said that Satan's tactic is to divide and conquer. The racial things, the ethnic things, the rich and poor things, all these different things going on in the country are the tactic of Satan. The body of Christ should never, ever, 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 ever get sucked into that. Amen. I am not going to murmur because somebody else has a better house than me, or a better car than me, or a better education than me, I can have what the Bible says I can have. If I want a better car, I can believe God for it. If I want a better house, I can believe God for it, but I am not going to get caught up in some class action lawsuit to take yours so I can have it. Amen. Is this help anybody think about these things? He said all these things here he said because they were murmurers they murmured i'm not gonna i'm not gonna murmur if people get blessed in life with good stuff legally and the right way i'm gonna praise god with them i'm so glad they got blessed and you know there's so many things in life sometimes i don't want things other people want one time i had a i don't know what you want to call him he is a preacher coming to this church the first couple years i was here and i was very happy with my 1995 buick I paid cash for it, I come to California, no car, I paid cash for it, it was paid for, I had no payments, and he was riding in my car, riding up the road, It says, you know what, I'm just going to agree for you for a new car, and I turned around and looked at him, I said, well, you're agreeing by yourself, because I don't want a new car, I said, I'm happy with my car, I'm happy with my car, I don't live, I don't measure my worth to Christ by what I own, Amen. I measure my life up against what Jesus in his word has told me I'm accountable to do for him. And then in my heart, as a Bible teacher, as a pastor, I'm accountable to help people. That's how I measure my worth to him. And he told me, seek you first the kingdom of God. And all these things are added to you. So now I have a nice house. I have a nice car, but I don't have any nice debt. I paid cash for it. <laughs> Amen. Mostly cash for the house. It's almost paid off. But the whole thing was... What I'm saying is this, for you, for your faith to work, look at these Old Testament examples. Don't get jealous about what other people have, and don't let society make you think that you got to get mad because somebody else has something. You know, in America, you just look at it, America was such a different nation, you work hard, especially as Christians, you love Jesus, work, work hard follow after him, you'll work your way up the ladder, well, you'll have nicer things, but you're not going to get them by stealing Amen or oh me. Okay. So anyway, he said right here, these things are for our example upon who the end of the world comes. Look at 2 Corinthians 4.13. We're going to look at a couple more things. And then we're really going to put the icing on the cake at the end of this. 2 Corinthians 4.13. And we're talking about the acknowledging of every good thing that's in you in Christ Jesus. 2 Corinthians 4.13 Paul said, we having the same spirit of faith, the same spirit of faith. And that spirit of faith there he's talking about is not a spirit like the Holy Spirit or some kind of a puffy thing floating around there. The spirit of faith talks about the attitude of faith. Talks about the attitude of faith. And I think about when I see that, I always think about this. When I was in high school back in a few years ago, Actually, right after, right after John Kennedy got assassinated, if you want to go back a little bit. You know, that, that was right after, I like I Dwight D. Eisenhower, that was right after Harry Truman, but that's been a few years ago. But anyway, when I was in high school, we used to have these things called pep rallies. They still have pep rallies in the schools today, they still do that? Anyway, before the basketball games, the football games, uh, on a Friday, you know, they'd have these big Friday night games, they would call the whole school into the gym for a pep rally. And then they get up there, they get to all the chants and they say, we got the spirit. We got the spirit. Well, that's what he's talking about here, having an attitude of faith. Said the spirit of faith, you gotta have an attitude of faith. You gotta have that attitude He you say, we can do this. We can do this in Jesus name. We can do this. In the name of Jesus, the word of God says, we can do this. We got this thing beat. Come on, let's go. And he turned around and nobody's following you but you. Well, glory to God, you're following Christ, so how can you lose? I'll tell you what, a lot of people, when they see the giants, they're going to run the other way. As a matter of fact, you remember when Jesus was about to be crucified, and Peter was one of his main right-hand guys, and they said, hey, you're with him. I don't know him. Well, when you start talking boldly in public, there are going to be people say, I don't know him. We're going to look at Colin. Colin say, man, we can do this in Jesus' name. Get away. Hey, I don't know him. I wouldn't go around that church. No, No, I don't know those people. Well, you know what? I know i like to be healed i know i like my needs met and so i just know I'm going to identify with with what jesus says to me i got to get back to this but one more thing i'm thinking about how this works we were down at st mary's hospital one day listen betty I was visiting betty she had a little procedure done Visiting betty and we come down to the lobby to leave st mary's hospital and right we got up there man the people jumped out and blocked us off and wouldn't let us go we, doors was right there couldn't go out the door. Said, what's going on? Said, we got an active shooter out in the parking lot. Got out there with the guns. Said, so I, I just kind of, everybody, everybody's there, everybody's back here doing all that stuff there. And, and I stood there for probably a couple of minutes with the rest of them. And you can see through the glass doors, there was all kinds of police cars everywhere. Police got the doors open, got guns aimed over here and things going on. And I got to think of it. wait a minute. Jesus said, well, I got power over all the power of the enemy. And nothing should maybe means hurt me. And so I just kind of made my way through the crowd a little bit. I got to get closer, but I put my hand out there. And I said, Satan, in the name of Jesus, you foul spirit of murder, I rebuke you. I command you to stop in Jesus' name. And then I said, Lord, I want to thank you that that man's not going to shoot anybody, and he's not going to get shot, he's going to lay his gun down and surrender. Within five minutes, they said, you guys can go now. What did I do? He laid his gun down and surrendered. So what I'm saying is this, when I said that, all those people, all those people that are about crying and fear for their lives, all of a sudden, I found out there was a few closet Christians in there. All of a sudden, I heard somebody say, yeah, that's right. And somebody said, amen. So I said, thank you, Jesus. I thought, where were you when we needed you? Amen. You hear what I'm saying? We as believers have authority, and we stick out like a hilted thumb in a crowd. Hey, Amen. I can tell you a lot of Walmart stories too in those aisles at Walmart. But, 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 but anyway, anyway, he says Second Corinthians four thirteen. He said we have the same spirit of faith. Now listen to this. According to as is written, I believed. And therefore have I spoken. You got to speak your faith. Faith has a voice. Says the spirit of faith believes and it speaks. We also believe and therefore speak. We believe and therefore speak. Faith is not silence. Jesus says speak to the mountain. Don't think to the mountain. Don't hope. Don't wish. He said the spirit of faith believes and it says faith has a voice. What does faith say? What does faith say? Well, Philemon 6 says, you confess every good thing's in you in Christ Jesus. Now, I just want to give you just a few verses to look at that I've quoted like several times, but these are for you. These are for me. Look at 2 Corinthians 5. Just go over two chapters. Verse 17. how many can see in the Bible the things I'm saying are right in the Bible they're Bible they're Bible and you know like I said I I can't give you testimonies about your life but my health and my life are a living testimony Pastor Dave a living testimony (laughs) Oh, some of these things are so wild you guys uh, because you love me I think you believe me (laughs) But I was down at John Olsteen's church at a minister's convention years ago. How many know John Olsteen? He was Joel's dad. I was down there with my pastor's pastor. And down there, and uh, he's got some wild stories. He's in heaven now, but I'll never forget it. He had this great big giant usher named Jimmy. And this guy was well over six foot tall. And you can believe it or not, whatever you want to believe, that's okay. But I know John Olsteen wouldn't lie. He said Jimmy was a midget and I know, you're not supposed to say midget. I don't know what else to say. He's a, he's a short adult, I guess. He was, but that's what identified as midgets back then. He said Jimmy was a midget until he was 34 years old, and Jimmy didn't like being a midget. So he started praying. He started praying and confessing and believing God was going to help him to grow. And so here he was, then, probably about 40 years old, and he's this tall. And so I came back and later on and Pastor Dave heard me talk about that one time and he used to be pretty short and he, he wanted to start growing so he played basketball. And so all of a sudden he wasn't a midget. He was just short. And so all of a sudden Pastor Dave starts shooting up and shooting up and shooting up. And now I look up at him. <laughs> Amen. But you know what I'm saying is this. You tell stories like this, people that don't really believe the Bible and just think it's just a good book. It is a good book, but it's more than that. People just think it's just a good book. They never get God's best. But I, I'm going to identify with Joshua and Caleb, and I'm going in to get all God will give me. Amen? I want it all. And so anyway, 2 Corinthians five seventeen. Now look at this. Therefore, if any man, any woman be in Christ, how many know that when you're born again, the Bible calls that you're in Christ? Okay, so if you're in Christ, he's a new creature. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new, and all things are of God. I've got God's DNA now in my spirit. That's God's divine nature and ability. DNA, divine nature and ability. Amen. I've, I've, I've got the samples family DNA in my physical body, but my spirit man, I've got God's nature and ability says Old things are passed away. I'm a new creature. And it says everything in me is of God. Everything in me is of God. And then look at verse 21. I'm actually going to read this out of the Living Bible. It says, God took the sinless Christ and poured into him our sins. Then in exchange, he poured God's goodness into me. I don't have any ugly in my spirit now. I don't have a sin nature now. I'm a new creature in Christ. I've got God's nature Now, my outside still a work in progress. I'm still working on my head, still working on my actions, still working on my life. But on the inside, I'm brand new. I'm 43 years old. And so you need to begin confessing every good thing in you in Christ that it's God in me. God's in me. I've got a new nature. I've been born again to win. Can you see that? And then look at Philippians chapter 2 and those little books there. I noticed they've got a big supply of those books I showed you back there. We're not in here to sell books. We're in here to help people. But if you're, if you're kind of a little bit broke, give up a couple of tacos. Go buy a couple of little books. Well, Jesus said, man, I'll live by tacos alone, but every word comes out of the mouth of God. Amen. Well, if he's in California, you would have said that, I guess, wouldn't he? <laughs> maybe. Maybe would have said that. But if there's fish tacos, who like to eat fish. Okay. <laughs> Philippians 2.12 says this, Wherefore, my beloved, as you have always obeyed, not as in my presence only, but now much more in my absence. Look at this. Work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. Work out your own salvation with fear and trembling, for it is God which worketh in you. It is God which worketh in you both to will and to do of his good pleasure. Now, I want to explain that to you because I studied that book for a lot of years, but I finally got it. You got your eternal salvation in your spirit. When you come born again, you receive eternal life. You're eternally saved in your spirit, but your outside isn't saved yet. And so to work out your own salvation means you keep working at, get, at getting to show up on the outside and your actions, what you've already got on the inside. So it's God in me, and so I'm working all the time to get all that good in me to show up on the outside about the fruit of the spirit love joy peace long-save, gentleness goodness faithfulness to be forgiving loving kind go the extra mile turn the other cheek to live like jesus lived to walk in what he walked in he says you work out your own salvation with fear and trembling that means this the next time you have the opportunity to get offended somebody and you fall for it repent and say lord i'm working on this thank you help me work on this you're working out your salvation your actions and then you know, for for those that took me serious tonight, I don't know how serious everybody takes what I say. But what I've teaching with the Word of God about your words tonight, about confessing every good thing in you, talk about what's in you, for the ones that are taking me serious, then tomorrow or this week when you hear yourself say, Oh man, I'm just an idiot, I can't do anything, immediately think, Oh, well, wait a minute, how could I be an idiot? First Corinthians chapter one, verse thirty says, I've got the mind of Christ. And it's Christ in me, the hope of glory. So I can't be an idiot. So I just said the wrong thing, and so when you may start making adjustments about what you're saying, you're working out your own salvation. You're getting things to show up on the outside, better and better and better. And he said, "Cause it's God, it's God that works in you, both to will and to do His good pleasure." And so a lot of times, what I've learned as a pastor over the years, uh, I say, "Man, I'm, I'm I'm a real person like you are, and I got I, I got the man part." And I got the Jesus part of the inside. So any good thing that you saw me do, I'm going to give glory to him. But man, if I said something stupid that wasn't right or something wrong, I'll take the credit for that because that wasn't God said that. That was me. And so I want to change it. So if you'll begin to recognize that it's God working in you, you'll have more confidence in the things you do. Amen. Look at Philippians 4.13. We'll look at two more verses and we'll close it down. Philippians 4.13 and these ought to be, I think Pastor Dave calls them refrigerator verses or something. Is that what you call them? Yeah, refrigerator verses. That doesn't mean overeat. That means put them on your refrigerator. And you're tempted to overeat. Then look at these verses right here. Maybe it'll help you not overeat. <laughs> uh, a 30-second little story. I had one of my little grandsons with me the other night, Wednesday night, going home with the church, with the gas station. <laughs> And I'm outside pumping gas. I open the door. And Grandpa told me, you know what he just said? I said, no, what did he just say? He said, Grandpa's getting a little fat. <laughs> so when I went out to finish the gas, I turned my back to him so he couldn't see the side shot. Philippians <laughs> 4.13. This is for you. You need to start confessing it. I can do all things through Christ which strengthens me. I can do all things through Christ which strengthens me. Now, not to go deep, but just to explain that to you, it didn't say through Jesus. It said through Christ. Jesus' last name wasn't Christ. Christ is the office he was in on earth. He was the anointed one with the anointing. He was the Messiah. And we're coming the word Christos. And so Christ could do what he did, and he said it because of the anointing. Verve 14 Spirit Lord's upon because he's anointed me to preach the gospel, He's anointed me to heal the sick. And so that verse there says, I can do all things through the anointed one as an anointing which is in me. And so you've got to start recognizing that you have an anointing in you from Jesus Christ, from the Holy Spirit. And because the anointing in you, Jesus said in John 14:12 the works that I do you can do also. Amen. Lots of verses you can see like that, but you need to start saying and quote the location. Philippians 4.13 says, I can do all things through Christ, which strengthens me. I get strength from the anointing, supernatural strength, spiritual strength from the anointing. I'm anointed to do what Jesus says I can do. Can you see that one? And one more verse that I always use in conjunction with that is 1 John 4.4. 1 John 4 4. And remember, uh, the Old Testament saints, they murmured about how big the giants were and they got defeated. But then Joshua and Caleb, they talked about how big God was and they got to go into the promises. So 1 John 4 4. This is talking to you and talking to me because this is written to us. It says, You are of God, little children, and have overcome them. Who have we overcome? We've overcome Satan, the demonic things of this world. We've overcome them, and we've got to recognize that and talk about that. I've overcome them. Why is that? Because greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. You need to see these verses. Buy these little books that have these verses in them and Brother Hagin teaches on them. Go back and listen to me again tonight if you want to. And here's some of the things I said tonight. But the thing is, Philemon 6 says that for your faith to be effective, you've got to start acknowledging every good thing's in you in Christ Jesus. And when you start seeing, you've already overcome the works of the devil in the name of Jesus. And you start saying, greater is He is in me than he is in the world. You'll never again murmur about how bad life is, about how ugly things are. You're gonna start talking about how good it is to serve Jesus. And more and more and more and more, you're going to see things that had a hold on. You start falling off and falling away. And the next thing you know, people are going to be staring at you because they're going to see Jesus in you. And I learned this a long time ago. There's a lot of people over the years that they they gravitate to me, and I realize it's not me because they don't know me. It's the Christ in me. And when you start living that way, people are going to gravitate to you. And then the thing is, on the inside of you, you're, you're confessing about what Christ is in you, all of a sudden you're going to be saying things out of your mouth that are going to give them direction and light and hope what to do because you recognize that's not me, it's the greater one in me and I've yielded to him and he's using me now. Thank you Jesus for using me. Amen. Amen. Well, I'll tell you what, I gave my best shot. That's what I got. Amen. Yeah. Uh, well, big pastor Dave not the short guy anymore. <laughs> he has married a short wife. <laughs> All right. Hallelujah. I'll just turn it over to you, man. I'm done. All right. All
0: right. Praise the Lord. Let's stand up together tonight. Amen. <laughs> wow. Praise the Lord. Good, good, good. Well, uh, we're going to go ahead and um, have our prayer team come on up tonight. Pastor Josh is going to lead us in a little bit of worship as we close things out here this evening. But I believe that uh, we were blessed to hear the word of God together this evening. And, and I love that opening verse there, Philemon, and verse 6. We acknowledge every good thing, amen, that is within us because of Christ Jesus. If you're here and you need prayer, uh, we're going to take a few minutes here tonight to come on up. We'd love to be in agreement with you and watch the Lord uh, work on your behalf and, and work in your life. Pastor Josh is going to be leading us in worship. So, you know, as we always say, if you don't need prayer, well, that, that's good for you. But there are those that need it. And so uh, we ask that you be reverent for a few minutes here and either worship the Lord or just be in agreement uh, that God's working on their behalf. Amen. Pastor Josh, go ahead and lead us.
2: Christ alone, a cornerstone, the weak made strong, in the Savior's love, through the storm, He is Lord. My anchor holds within the veil. On Christ alone, a cornerstone, weak made strong in the Savior's love through the storm. Alone, the cornerstone, the weak made strong in the Savior's love through the. Come with trumpet sound. Oh, may I then in him be found undressed in his right justness alone. I fall this stand before the throne. Christ alone, cornerstone, weak made strong, in the Savior's love, through the storm, He stone, corner cornerstone, a weak made strong in the Savior's love, through the storm.
0: Miss this evening, so uh, of course we'll be here Wednesday night at seven p.m. for the hour of power, Amen. And membership classes uh, get one week from tonight from 4 to 7 p.m. And so uh, if you'd like to sign up, that's still back there at the info booth. And uh, we're just excited for the new year, man. God's going to be doing some great things. The harvest is great, amen, but the laborers are few. So pray to the Lord of the harvest to send more workers into his fields. Luke 10, 2. Let's go ahead and close out in prayer. Then we're going to do our Barstow Faith Confession tonight, and you can be dismissed. And all the kids are going back to school tomorrow, right? Huh? Yeah. Whoa, all right. We got some excited parents. Okay. Very good. (laughs) We can resume life as normal. Praise the Lord. Let's go ahead and pray together tonight father in jesus name we thank you lord so much for uh lord what we've seen in your word this evening and we thank you that amen we we live our lives by faith and lord we are confident that you have good things planned for us good things uh, in store for us this year and so we're gonna walk by faith not by sight in the name of jesus and we're gonna be doing everything that you've called us to do we thank you For your goodness and mercy, it endures forever. We love you and praise you tonight. Use us this week to be the light of the world. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, let's go ahead and do our Barstow faith confession, and you can be dismissed. Let's say it together. We declare that Barstow is a blessed city. Our families are blessed. Our schools are blessed. Our churches are blessed. Barstow is healed Barstow is prospering. Barstow is safe. Barstow is strong. Barstow is surrounded by the walls of God's salvation. Barstow is full of love, joy, and peace. Barstow is full of the glory of God. Barstow is coming to Jesus. Barstow is saved in Jesus' name. Amen. All right. Have a great week, everybody.